Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Kicks to O'Neal, top to Donovan, eight on the shot clock. Gets the pick from Gobert, has some airspace, fires the off the bounce three and hits. Donovan off the bounce three, hit it, plus a foul. Chance for a four-point play. Lob to Rudy on the inbound, he catches, has Stewart between him, hands to Conley. Conley goes reverse side and scores it. Checks to O'Neal, drives at Grant. Cross-court Boyan, try it again, baby! He did! Boyan, Bogdanovich, not once, but twice! Seals the deal. Timeout, Wayne Casey. <laughs> Utah Jazz build a 28-point lead. Detroit whittles it down to four. Had a three-pointer to get it, get within a point, but they missed it. Jazz got the rebound. They were running, and then you heard Locke yelling, and it was over. Jazz win 117-105. PK, you can flip the names here. The Jazz were uh, the team that dug the big hole in Denver, rallied, got close, and then didn't seal the deal. And now they have the big lead. Detroit rallies, gets close, but doesn't seal the deal. They did not. At the end of the day, we won. At the end of the day. I cannot hear end of the day without thinking of you now. And I'm hearing it quite a bit. (laughs) It's no longer, no longer belongs to one person. It's spreading. When the time struck, well, it's actually when it hits 11.59, because I think when it hits midnight, it's the next day. Yes. Not when it's 12.01. Right. Midnight belongs to the following day, not to the day that just ended. Right. So when it hits 11.59.59, we won. That's the end of the day. Yes. Donovan Mitchell, 32 points. Bogdanovich, the pair of late three-pointers you heard right there when the lead was four, pushed it back to seven and ten with about a minute to go, and that was it. He finished with 18 points in the game. So you concerned that the the big lead got whittled down so much? I mean, 28 to 20 or 15 doesn't seem like a big deal. I think when it was in single digits, everybody knew it was a big deal. Like, uh uh-oh. No, I never thought they were going to lose. Had it the whole way. I thought they would just turn it on when they had to. They got lackadaisical, uh, so you know they got tired. They run. They got old guys. That was funny. Donovan Mitchell said, yeah. "It's funny. Joe makes fun of us being old, and Donovan, Donovan Mitchell makes, makes fun. Fun. Yeah, him funny. being old. Yeah. So it depends on where you are. You're going to get there at some point. You might as well embrace it. So uh, you know they had. I think it was a little loss of focus. Uh, that, that, to me, yeah. that's that's the issues. We can stat it up all we want. It was the focus. Because they had it early. It was really yeah. good at the start of the game. They came out and jumped on them early. And they really did. They were they were clearly motivated by Denver. I didn't think they... I know they built up the lead, but I don't think they, they, they jumped on them. I think they just played their game, and it led to the lead. Does that make sense? I, I see it a little bit of a... It didn't seem like, oh, man, we just got to bury these guys early, and that's our number one goal. I think they're... The way I took it anyway, and I could be totally wrong, is that the idea was just to get back to doing what we do and that led to the big lead. As uh, opposed to the mindset line, is, we've, we've got to get yeah. this 20-point lead immediately. It was, it was very crisp. I thought the passing, the reads right. and everything. Right. Guys weren't passing up shots. I, honestly, I think that's one of the big things. When they start passing up shots, you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> They're in trouble now. 
<laughs> and they didn't. You know, they didn't pass up the shots. The right guy at the right time took it. And they weren't just settling for threes. They were taking threes when they were there, but they were also going to the rim. Royce O'Neal had a good drive early in the game. Thought of you right away because you'd just been pumping him up. And, and he had a good drive early. So it was really crisp. And I thought coming out of halftime, it was really clear on some level, subconsciously or whatever, they're like, oh, we got this. And, and the basketball wasn't nearly as good. Which is what it was flipped the other day, Sunday right. afternoon. They came out in the third quarter. So I think there's the, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are human beings. So I think it's about intensity and focus and concentration, those types of things with this team. The talent is there. It's obvious it's there. And so it needs to be doing what you're supposed to do and have a heightened awareness in the moment. And that's where I think this team is going to have its most success. Jazz are off today. They're flying to Georgia because they're playing the Hawks in Atlanta tomorrow. Tip-off set for 5.30. They they didn't fly. They took a midnight train. That would be awesome. And yet they didn't. They're flying. Leaving on a midnight train to Georgia. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Fred in the paint. Catches the pass. Scoops it up and in on a reverse. And Fred Van Vliet with a new franchise record, 54 points in the game. Nets have it in the black, going right to left. Irving, out on the right, a long three, good! Oh, from Port Green, he knocks it down! Jalen Brown right side, finds Kemba straight away, zips to the open man, it's Tatum, corner three, got it! Dame gets the inbound pass on the far sideline, Westbrook takes a swipe at it. Now he drives the baseline, dunks it in! Right in the face of Rui Hachimura! There's some highlights. Some you you like offense, PK. You got it. I can't even keep track. Of all the guys who went for 30 plus points last night: uh, Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, obviously. Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and Kawhi Leonard. But Fred VanVleet stands out amongst them all. 54 points as uh, Toronto beats Orlando, 123-108. 54 is an enormous number. Uh, VV, yeah, the most points ever scored by a walk-on. Toronto, Toronto franchise single-game record. And he wasn't drafted. How about that? Man? Yeah, right. He's only six feet, six one. It's a great story. G League dude, back probably when it was the D League. I don't know how long it's been the G League, and so he bounced around a little bit, found his home in Toronto. That's a great story to hold up. For all those kids who have been overlooked and whatnot, most of you are overlooked when you think about it. And so you're able to stay with it, and you, you come up with this big game. Lowry had a triple-double in that game, and and uh, the Magic, I mean, they, they've just been decimated by uh, injuries and COVID and whatnot. But nevertheless, you have to tip your hat to Vivi. Brooklyn Nets get the 124-120 win over the L.A. Clippers. Kyrie Irving. 39 points in the game. The Nets are going to have to outscore you, and they did it. 124-120, so the Jazz going to have the best record in the NBA as the Clippers fall to 16-6. Tied with the Lakers, the Jazz are 16-5. And And the big three, all coming up big. Harden had 23, Durant had 28, Irving had 39, and the rest of the guys, uh, you know, some free throws, a couple fast breaks, maybe an offensive rebound, and the rare open shot. Well, somebody has to inbound the ball. That's a true story. 34 points for all the other guys combined. But the big three are going to handle the scoring. We know that. 
Blazers beat the Wizards. Damian Lillard had 32 in uh, Portland's win there. Another high-scoring game, 132-121. And the Warriors, are they just going to battle for that 7-10 spot here? They can't really beat the uh, the top third of the league very often. Celtics 111-107 over Golden State. Uh, that, yeah, that's what I see. Yeah. Obviously, they don't have enough manpower. NBA and the Players Association reportedly progressing on a deal for a March 7th All-Star game to be held in Atlanta. One night only, game skills competition. It's a lot of extra travel in and out. I wonder if they just blow off the All-Star break and just get more games in, but apparently not. Whatever they want to do there, I really don't care. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. So BYU's game at San Diego postponed COVID-19 concerns for the Toreros who played about half as many games as BYU. Game not likely to be made up. Uh, USD in, issued a statement that indicates the game will be canceled, as will their game at BYU that was scheduled for February 13th at the Marriott Center. You know, they're not playing a complete double round robin PK, and I wonder if maybe this year when you can't play USD, if BYU's going to loop back and pick up some of the teams they're only scheduled to play once or... Just going to play a lot fewer games, and that's just going to be the way it is. Uh, I think they're in the hunt for games, and if things could be worked out, they would do it. Sure, yeah. I mean, this is uh, the way it is. USD is just shutting down now for the next couple of weeks. So, looks and, and after that, in the Mount, uh, West Coast, you've only got a couple more weeks to go. So you wonder if they're even going to take the floor again. And it's not like it's a high demand for University of San Diego basketball. Uh, it's just happening. He doesn't have here on the on the list there, but Utah's game against ASU is out uh, on Sunday. And the Devils are not playing this week at all. They're not playing Colorado. They're not, they've lost, I think, seven or eight games. They've had three starts and stops and trying to restart. I mean, obviously, it's just created total havoc for them as they haven't been able to get any form of continuity on the floor, and it's reflected in their record. Uh, and who knows that they, they've got the Pac-12 has a little bit of time in March, first week. But you know, how, how many games can you make up? You're, right now, I think, as I say, it's seven or eight for the Devils. Uh, it's not enough time to make up that many games. And you wonder, there's going to we're still only what's today, the third of February, going forward. How many more games you're going to miss? Because you've had these issues now in your program. Your state has issues. So for some of these programs, it doesn't look very good. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Kind of what their plan is. I mean, I'm, I'm here to, to develop, and uh, I'll be the one to take over when, when he's out of here. So I think that's kind of their plan all along. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, everybody wants to play. But uh, for me, it's just a driving force to try and get better any way I can. That's Jordan Love on the plan for him in Green Bay. Get better any way you can, and whenever he's out of here, Jordan's the guy. That's got to be pretty awkward. But you're a pro, that's what you get paid for, so you just got to roll with it, no matter how awkward it is. Okay, well, that, that happens to every team. So, I mean, I don't. It, it might be awkward, but I don't know how it's not awkward for everybody. And they, I don't think they have any idea if he's going to be the guy. He can get out on the Jared Golf thought he was going to be the guy signing a long-term deal with the Rams. And then the next day, at the end of the day, they didn't want him, and he wants out. Jared Goff, quote, as the quarterback, as the guy that's at arguably the most important position in the field, if you're in a place that you're not wanted and they want you 
and they want to move on from you, feelings mutual. You don't want to be in the wrong place. It became increasingly clear that was the case. Now that's awkward. Yeah, right? (laughs) I mean, Aaron Rodgers is getting up there, so you have to have replacements. The, The Green Bay Packers don't cease playing football when Aaron Rodgers retires. So you have to have a a succession plan. Well, Jared Goff, is, he's not even 30 yet. So that, to me, that's far more awkward as far as that goes. And the Rams made a quick, quick deal on that. It's really startling how quick that came about. And to be able to get somebody like that and what you gave up. It's a big-time storyline going into next season. Yeah, I think the thing with Goff, uh, you know, they did a lot of winning, but in the biggest games, it was a struggle for them to throw for 200 yards. And his in the playoff, his completion percentage, there were a lot of games where he was down in the 50 percentage. And, you know, and, and along the way, there were great numbers and great stats, but when you look at the, the biggest games, you know, he's 3-2 and two in the playoffs, but he throws for 200 yards one time. I think they're feeling like they got the other parts in place, and they get a guy in there who can uh, – push the ball down the field, then at the end of the day, they're going to win more playoff games. Well, sure, and they're, but yet, yet they gave him a big, fat contract and knowing what you know. Online apparel giant Fanatics announced that Bucks quarterback Tom Brady has become their best-selling NFL player ever for a two-week period between the Conference Championship and Super Bowl as he prepares to play in his 10th Super Bowl on Sunday. Selling a lot of jerseys in Tampa Bay, but selling a lot in Orlando and Miami, and also in New York and Boston. Got a, Played for a couple teams, fan bases all over the place, flocking to Tom Brady gear. Tom Brady is the singular face of sports in the United States. More than LeBron, because that'd be the competition, wouldn't it? I think football's bigger than basketball. Mm. Maybe not worldwide, but that's why I said in the United States. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So coming and going at the University of Utah, PK, the wide receivers. Jalen Dixon's name is out of the transfer portal. He's back into the Utah program. But Brian Thompson is in the transfer portal, getting ready to be out of the Utah program. Need a, need a program to keep up with all the guys in the program. <laughs> Well, Brian Thompson's a blow, yeah. I think that he was the most talented, had the best potential of any of the receivers, and it's been that way a couple of years. But they you know, they don't utilize the receivers that much. And in this this past season, uh, they obviously, with the COVID situation and only playing five games, combined with all sorts of inconsistency at quarterback, uh, I, I can't speak for Thompson just trying to read between the lines, figuring, like, I'm not maximizing it. I've got this great body. I've got size. I've got speed, blah, blah, blah. I've got pro potential, and I'm not being uh, able to show it here. I, I, that, I, that's the the only thing I could think of as far as him going, because it wasn't playing time. But, you know, now with Keithy and Covey, they seem to feature those guys, and obviously they run the ball, and they've got two backs that they brought in from high-profile schools, Oklahoma and LSU. We'll see how that pans out. Just because you come from there doesn't mean you can uh, be the next fill-in-the-blank, and they've had so many of them that you can fill in the blank because there's a number of names you can choose from. Uh, so trying to figure out what he's thinking, uh, we'll see where he ends up. But I-, I think it's a blow to the to the program. But at the same time, even though they had him, it didn't seem like he was being utilized to the fullest ability. So it's a blow on paper, but you wonder going forward, 
how much are they going to miss? Because it's not like they got a ton of production from him, but that's the reason probably why he left in the first place. It's because he wasn't getting in a bunch of production. So you can go round and around on this thing. See, I think that you just hit the key thing. The potential <clears throat> always looked like it was there, and the production isn't. And maybe some of that is on him, but there's definitely other things you can look at and say, oh, it's not on him. I think everything you said about his mindset could be true, and we don't really get to interact with him now, and you know he hasn't spoken about this on the record, so it's hard to know. But I, I think that the only thing I throw on top of that is we could be breaking in another new quarterback. They could be half the season getting somebody else comfortable. Um, that and, and everything else you said, they are going to throw to Covey and they are going to throw to Keithy and they are going to run the ball a lot. You know, so the how many opportunities are going to be, and then those opportunities are going to be minimized if you're breaking somebody else and and getting them comfortable. He well, does, no matter he, who it is, basically they're breaking in a right, new quarterback because yeah. Rising barely played. Yep. And you're right about when he did make plays, he looked apart, right? got the yeah. size, he yeah. runs well, he made some catches that looked good. I mean, you didn't have to hit him right on the numbers. Uh, but, you know, there, there'd be one or two, and then what, you know? And they really need somebody who is just routinely going to be, hey, seven catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Who's, who's that guy? And he looked like, okay, maybe he could be that guy. But he wasn't that guy, and it also probably wasn't all on him. It certainly was not on all on him. It wasn't probably. It's absolutely, most definitely not all on him. I think that if you look at Utah's receiving core, it's a startling statistic that the last 1,000-yard receiver was Trez Anderson. Now, we're going back a number of years. We were just talking yesterday about uh, Arizona and the Wildcats bringing guys home, getting them associated with the program, the total feel-good for the fans, and maybe it helps in recruiting and Texas has rehired former Longhorn quarterback Vince Young as a special assistant in the athletic department, bringing the College Football Hall of Famer back to the program after he was fired in 2019. Find a role for Vince Young because that, that was a famous team and he is a famous player and you'll always have the video of him running into the corner of the end zone at the Rose Bowl to beat USC. So get him associated with the program somehow. You don't have to fire special assistants usually. Uh, well, it depends on what that is, how ceremonial is it, what mm-hmm. actually does he do. So I don't know any of that, nor do I care, really. Yawks very excited. EA Sports announced that the college football game series will come back. They stopped making it in 2013. More video games for you, Yawk. you to get your kids hooked on that, right? I only play one, and that's that one. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. There were many teams that we talked to, and there were many deals that made no sense. And to be quite honest, there were 10 times over the last two weeks where I didn't think the St. Louis deal made any sense. That's Rocky Cohen and CEO Dick Montford on uh, Nolan Arenado being traded to St. Louis. It's a that's the face of the franchise, a guy who put up massive numbers, PK, the, the kind of guy fans feel good about, and they come to the ballpark to see him swing, see if he's going to knock one out for him, and he's gone. So apparently St. Louis finally sweetened the deal, and it made sense. I don't think to fans it makes a lot of sense. Well, fans don't care about those the financial aspect of it, and all they know that he was a homegrown dude. I mean, they drafted him. Uh, he, he played on a high school team down there in El Toro, which is down by Irvine there uh, in Orange County. Two other guys uh, played on, are in the big leagues. <laughs> Chapman, the third baseman from uh, Oakland, and then Romine 
whose dad played at ASU and played in the big leagues himself, and his brother played in the big leagues. And Arenado did, Arenado did sign with the Devils but didn't go there, and they drafted him in the second round. And he's been with them all this time. And I get it, man. You have these attachments to these guys, and he's really good. And now he's gone, and doesn't look like there's much hope. You talk about how a team needs to have hope for winning. Well, the Rockies, you know, I was reading that that uh, voiceover. It was just, they put it in print, and I was reading it. And he's talking about the owner and maybe thinking about firing himself, <laughs> making a joke about it. But when you you know you think about it, uh, that they let go of their cornerstone. I mean, that from a fan standpoint, that is a major blow. Angels pitching coach Mickey Calloway has been suspended pending an investigation into the allegations against him by five women of lewd behavior. Uh, we talked about this yesterday, and uh, now they're they're sitting him down. He gets suspended in February 3rd. Doesn't matter so much, but we were just talking about spring training is two weeks away, so how quickly are they going to move through this, and are they going to have to hire a new pitching coach or promote someone inside the organization? They're, they're going to need a pitching coach when they get to camp. Oh, yeah, I would... I mean, I don't know if these are true. I, get, I saw the pictures, so there was absolutely there's photographical evidence, if that means anything. But uh, this is a thing that has to cease and desist, and the guys are going to pay if you do it. You're just going to have to be uh, accountable for your actions here. And you're married? Because he put out a statement. The statement's here on the rundown, but he... He put that statement out a couple of days ago. You know, he's married and his wife's a mayor of these general allegations. I mean, what, what does that mean? And I don't want to convict a guy before. Uh, not that it's, it's, I don't think he'll be in a court of law. I don't think that he broke any laws. I'm not sure on that. Uh, but this type of behavior, generally speaking, it's just got to stop. There's really no need for it. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, the Joe Ingles Show, usually on Thursdays, sometimes on Fridays. This week, I get games Thursday and Friday. Joe usually stays away from the game days. So, it's Joe Ingles today. Coming up uh, 835-840, somewhere in there. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, uh, former BYU and Utah Hoop staff member, will join us at 9.05. And we're talking Super Bowl with John Clayton, Washington Post contributing NFL columnist, and he does radio on 710 ESPN in Seattle. John Clayton will be here at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.